Welcome to Between Data and Risk podcast. Today we will be talking to Marcelino de Santiago, president and CEO of Hope Global, a manufacturing company in the automotive sector, as well as a co-founder of Borderland Partners LLC, a management consultancy. We'll be discussing with Marcelino how his experiences in manufacturing helped his consulting practice and vice versa. Stay tuned. If you're a business owner or senior manager, you probably had more than enough about all the wonderful opportunities awaiting you in the era of digitalization. Whether it is big data, cloud, data science, or whatever buzzword is currently trendy. If you would like to hear someone dissecting these claims and showing you what it actually takes to improve business processes, you're in the right place. This is Between Data and Risk, where we discuss real life examples of what works and what doesn't in the world of business operations. Hello, I'm Artur Guya, Cognition Shared Solution Chief Risk and Strategy Officer. And with me is my co-host, your friendly neighborhood data guy, Dr. Marian Siwiak. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Between Data and Risk. Today, we'll be talking about trans uh, translation of consulting experience to business and vice versa. And we are excited to have with us today our guest, Marcelino de Santiago, president and COO of Hope Global and the co-founder of Bordering Partners, LLC, who agreed to share his experience with us. Hello, Marcelino. Hi, how are you guys? Thank you very much for the invitation. Thank you very, very much for accepting it. We are really, really excited. It's, uh, I must say, rare that we are uh, interviewing other consultants. Uh, <laughs> so we are really, really excited uh, for the opportunity of comparing notes, I guess. That's great. That's great. Thank you very much for having me. Mm. Uh, Maria, yeah, maybe, okay. maybe you, uh, you, you start. As Arthur mentioned, you have a dual role. Uh, you are uh, president CEO of Hope Global. Uh, do you mind telling our audience what, what, what Hope Global is you know, dealing with? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Hope Global is a, um, a global manufacturing company in the mid-market arena. Uh, we have plants in Central Europe, Central Europe. We have also plants in Asia. We have in China, we have plants in Mexico, and we have also plants in uh, Cumberland, in Rhode Island. I live in Massachusetts, where I am right now, and uh, we have a technology center in our hills in um, Michigan, mm -hmm. and we have a sales office in Rio de Janeiro in Brazil, plus two docks. One is in Laredo, Texas, and the other one is in Brownsville, Texas. That's kind of the size of the corporation. Uh, and um, we, are, uh, we have uh, revenues for about $120, $150 million, uh, depending on the year, sometimes $200 million, mm. depending on, on the year, right? And so, um, what is it that you actually produce? We are producing car interiors, everything that got to do with central consoles, uh, glove compartments, armrests, uh, uh, rest heads, um, seals, uh, all kind of straps, uh, everything that got to do with the interiors of your seat or the skeleton of your seat. That's mostly what we do. So everything that makes you comfortable in the car. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> right. And now... Except the music. Having, <laughs> having, <laughs> having, and and then I rock too. <laughs> 
<laughs> your 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 second role because this is this is you know very very kind of a tangible product right your second role your second company is very different in its nature right it's a, it's a consultancy can you speak a bit more about what what is the goal there yeah for sure uh, uh maybe for me to answer it in a more complete manner i need to go back to the beginning of my professional career uh when i finished college I went to work for this company, and um, there were uh, nearby. We were nearby this very poor neighborhood, and the principal of the middle school went to visiting us. To the uh, we were like four of us that we were recently recently graduated, and he asked us if we would be willing to give classes uh, to uh, the teenagers um, in in those years, and I accepted. I, I think I was the only one who accepted. That challenge, and I, I provided math and algebra classes. Then, uh, as together with my responsibilities, right, and um, and then I was I was progressing in my career, in my professional career. Later on, I was offered to uh, uh, taught this uh, this to teach this class and um, at the university level, economics class, and I accepted the challenge again. And then later on in my career, I was progressing and. Um, and this private university asked me if I was uh, willing to give this uh, this class to teach this class at um, the master's level, um, uh, manufacturing methods, mm -hmm. and I accepted. So later on, uh, with my wife, um, she has been uh, working as a consultant for most of her career. Uh, in my case, uh, during the last ten years, I've been working for this. Uh, a non-profit company, uh, and I've been coaching executives, C-level executives, CEOs uh, in Europe, America, in Mexico mainly. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is kind of a dual work that I've been doing. So talking to my wife around two years ago, we had said, well, I mean, why we don't try this? I, I need to recognize that um, my wife, together with my older daughter, they are uh, taking care of the day-to-day -day of the operations because I, I also have my position in, in Hope Global. Uh, and I, I help them uh, after hours or during the weekdays, during the weekends, I'm sorry. And, you know, I, I, I do this uh, in a very natural way. It doesn't cost me a lot. I, I've been working like that all of my life. I don't have a motto, but if, if I had one, I would, it would be be transparent. Right. So I'm not doing anything in the shadows. My company mm -hmm. knows that I have my company, my own company. Mm -hmm. And obviously my wife knows where I work. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's, a, it's a dual situation that I personally enjoyed. Um, this morning I, I was uh, in one of the plants at uh, 5.30 a.m., uh, giving this speech to the third shift. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it's important that they can hear from the president of the company how we are doing and, and wishing them well for uh, the Christmas and the holidays. And, and I think that as a leader, you need to be that kind of person, right? You need to be uh, having these dual situations in your life. I, to me, it's very... Um, I enjoy I, it a lot. I, I, I agree if you would look at my CV. Uh, most of the time I was doing two things at the same time, lecturing at the mm -hmm. university, working in two companies. Uh, so for, I, I can understand you very well. I 
No. Uh, I like to say that I'm just easily bored. So if somebody wants me to keep doing something, he needs to let me do other stuff as well. Yeah. Writing sci- sci-fi book with my wife, or, or I, I think just <laughs> uh, that's that's mm-hmm. that's something that I really understand. Now, could you tell us? Um, uh, how your experience from this corporate world shapes your 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 consult- consulting work? I know that many, uh, let's say, tier one consultancies they like to hire young people, shape them, mold them, uh, and 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 like uh, in their own image. In their own image, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately. Uh, so, could, could you tell us, like, why in your how your real business experience uh, helps you in your consulting work? You- it's the, the, the problems that we are facing in manufacturing are in a, in a higher or lesser degree the same around the world. I think that one of the advantages that I have in my career, I've been working in Europe, I've been working in the United States, in Canada, Mexico, in Asia. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been visiting China since the year 2000. So I, I, I think I have proved that I can influence through cultures. That's, that's the number one aspect, right? Mm-hmm. That um, you, you can go and, and you can understand the working culture of the area. Um, second is that, like I said, problems are not so difficult. I'm not so different, I'm sorry, in manufacturing. So right now it's inflation. You need to pay attention on the prices that you have for your products. It's also the supply chain. And something really important is the social aspect, right? The, the environmental aspect, the, what they call the, the ESG, the environmental, social, and governance. We, we, we had a, an episode which was very much yeah. focused on ESG. We were actually discussing why governance is there along environmental and social. Yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, so, yeah. so when, you, when you have that kind of a knowledge, it's... Um, it's just a transfer of things that you have mm-hmm. lived and, and, and exchange of experiences. Uh, uh, when you sometimes, I am in the sa- on the same table than a lot of my colleagues, CEOs, presidents, and, mm-hmm. and directors of the board. And this is people that is very well educated. And it's people that knows manufacturing. Mm-hmm. So the, the level of interaction is a very high level. So mm-hmm. you, cannot, you cannot arrive to those meetings like if you were the only one possessing the knowledge, right? I, I think that mm-hmm. the approach must be um, as a, hum, a humble a- approach, number one. And number two, the, the interaction of these uh, experiences is enriches the, the desired uh, goal that, that you have, the desired result. Um, at least in my experience with... Um, with these boards and and uh, and the colleagues that I have, um, I, I think that what what they are looking is just a sense of reality, right? They don't want the the consultant that goes and and tells them what to Theory. do from a theoretical point of view. It's just you you go there and and you know the culture where you are in China or in Mexico or in Europe. Or in America or in Canada, right? It's at least in my experience, and um, mm-hmm. that that facilitates the interaction when, when they know that you are for real. 
you know, it's uh, so yeah, yeah, and I think this this collaborative approach is 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 extremely important. But what what kind of problems do you commonly see the 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 the, the people that that you coach? Is there are there themes that especially recently have uh, you know you you've noticed coming uh, back again and again through the through your interaction? Well, um, you know, Arthur, the I think the first thing, and it may sound kind of silly to you guys, but the first thing that I make sure is that I understand. So I go and I listen at different levels. I listen what what the leaders in the production area had to say, the supervisors, managers. Part of this is to listen, right? To, to, to understand the problems from the operation point of view, from the finance point of view with the numbers. And to understand what I was talking about, maybe it's going to be silly for you, is that sometimes we believe that we have a problem, but that problem is just the peak of the iceberg, right? Underneath, it's a huge, a much bigger problem. Mm -hmm. uh, there is people who doesn't understand why they cannot attract people, why they cannot retain the talent. And, um, and they believe that it's because the factory is very noisy or they don't have the right uh, uh, salaries, which, believe me, that those are factors. There is no doubt about it. <laughs> but coming back to the environmental and social, if, if you don't have the right leadership, if, if everything that you do in manufacturing, in any industry, in my view, got to do with leadership. You can have a uh, very good strategic plan, the tactics of that plan, but everything must be just laying on this huge layer of leadership, right? And my colleagues in the, in the manufacturing industry, um, executives, C-level executives, board of directors, must have that in their minds because the governance is precisely that. The, the people who really makes the governance working are the leaders, right? And from there, mm -hmm. it cascades down. So it's not silly at all. I mean, I mean this, these, are, these are wise words and these are words that we, we tell our consultants every time and we remind them, you know, about humility and, and listening yeah. because coming, coming in with, with big boots and, and lots of uh, kind of preconceptions. Yeah. It's it's what what we've seen many consultants do, and it's what we try to to always always avoid. Now this this is this is this is I think very very important. Totally agree. Yeah, I, like, like we said in I'm, I'm sorry, Maria. Like we said in um, when you are in in a board of directors, is uh, hands off, nose in, right? So you need to have the 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 <laughs> you know the the flavor. You need to understand. You need to stop trying to direct. You need to hear. And then you need to collaborate. Uh, I, Arthur stole my line, but I usually it's usually uh, me who brags that we 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 tell our consultants to be uh, to be humble. Uh, <laughs> so I'm I, I'm a, I learned my lesson. Fine, <laughs> finally, I've been waiting that, huh? for years. <laughs> You know, in our approach, I admit that we also we map processes. We are we are a lot of our work is documenting processes. 
So uh, this talking to people and listening and differentiating right. between symptoms and causes yeah. is, is, is critical. It's also yeah. something that I've seen in, in different companies that people were complaining about symptoms and wanting to treat symptoms. Uh, but actually, you know, I, I think that it's important that the, this leadership um, roles, they also have, let's say, humility, because in my experience, sometimes it's like, no, 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 it's impossible. We, we can't have this problem. <laughs> well, our, our, our mid-managers are, are all absolutely wonderful. We, we have this very, we purchased this excellent pro program that assigns them colors, and we know that the Reds one are really good managers. Uh, so it's, uh, we also uh, believe that, that it needs to work both ways. And I, I, I'm just curious, like, uh, how do you coach uh, senior managers to be humble and listen as well? As you said, hands off, no scene. Uh, how, how do you convince them that uh, sometimes they also need to, to, to listen to what ground floor is saying? You know, uh, I, I didn't mention, I, I am also, I was a black belt, a certified black belt. So uh, I, I started six, to six, be... Six Sigma, not Karate, or... or no, Six Sigma, yeah, Six Sigma. Okay. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I don't force them to... I, I just... <laughs> no, no, uh, Six Sigma, Black Belt. Um, I was... I started to be... I become a, a Yellow Belt and a Green Belt when, when it was in a fashion. Mm -hmm. uh, nowadays, it is the... It is the way of being and, mm -hmm. and driving business, right? So what I'm trying to say is I'm very analytical. And, uh, and I think that um, you need to, to have a good dose of analysis to make that leader to understand and, and also the numbers, right? It's, it's, um, it's very difficult. I, I, I haven't... Um, meet anybody uh, that uh, don't understand with numbers. It's uh, when you put the numbers in front of the people, it's like uh, enlightening, right? Uh, obviously, again, you need to put the numbers with a huge base of reality. Right? So, mm -hmm. so, so, so they, can, they can understand and they can buy it, right? I mean, yeah. a, a person... Uh, can be a very arrogant leader, but that doesn't mean that it's stupid. So you may have reasons. Uh, yeah, exactly. So so you need to convince with numbers and also all the all the people that I all the the leaders that I've been coaching, see executive level and CEOs around the world, I always recommend books. I always recommend to read books. I always Myself, I mean, I, I read uh, the Wall Street Journal. I read the New York Times. I read the KM, KPMG, which mm -hmm. is like one of the, for me, is one of the best uh, um, managing consulting firms in the world. I, I read McKinsey. I, I have this podcast from McKinsey. So I, I, I think that training people makes them to find a, a better place in the world, right? Maybe they won't lose this kind of uh, arrogance, level of arrogance, but they will decrease it to a certain point, in my experience. Mm -hmm. 
we also had an episode on ego and role of ego. Does ego have a, a role in, in leadership? And yeah. we had, a, I must admit, a bit of an argument. I, uh, I think that ego is, healthy ego is uh, healthy. Uh, are, are, are... Yeah, I was advocating for a bit of egoless <laughs> management uh, as, a, as a way. Uh, but on the, on the other hand, I'm a data guy. So I, I, I very much advocate for, for convincing people with numbers. And ar even arrogant people like myself, I can be convinced uh, given numbers. And also uh, in, the, in the book of, on, on data mesh, I advocate working of data close relation of data people and business people something that we we see in in, in our let's say work we work a, a lot with with data data teams and trying to get what data support can be given to business and we notice that in many companies they just don't talk to each other they exchange messages but they do not communicate uh, you know i i don't know if i um understanding the concept of the ego and i know that maybe this is a different topic and i don't want to, to no, no worries. Direction. but and the reason why and the reason why I'm, I'm saying this is because what what you are trying to do today to retain that talent to attract talent is precisely to be uh, a, a, a including leader right you mm -hmm. want people to have to have this feeling of belonging in mm -hmm. the company you want the people to to feel that and, and to and to see that their ideas are also being taken into consideration. Absolutely. I, I, I think that inclusion diversity, um, I have never been more successful in my life mm -hmm. that than when I had this team full of very different people. Absolutely. To me, I have had uh, white Americans, black Americans, Latinos, uh, Asian Americans, Asian, Europeans. Gays, lesbian, reporting to me, and believe me, it creates a very impactful, impactful atmosphere of improvement. But if if um, if you don't have the respect for the people, if uh, what I have learned, if you if you act with this kind of ego, um, then then the results are not there. This is uh, this is this is something that I. That maybe we should clarify. Uh, I don't think that ego means that you don't disrespect people. If you have healthy ego, you uh, you know your worth, and it uh, so much that you absolutely have no problem with others being great. I, uh, I I consider myself having an ego, but I bow to people who know their stuff, and uh, I listen to them, and I don't think that my ego. And my ideas, because my girl the best. I, I have some idea, and somebody has better idea. Even Arthur sometimes has better idea than me. Uh, <laughs> with his ego even, even me, even, yeah, that's that's his healthy ego. That's my healthy ego. <laughs> but but so, so, so this is this is this is this little little uh, because I think we we are all observing the the soap opera of uh, extremely big ego uh, uh, impacting a really big company. Uh, and actually, something that you said sparked my interest. You said that you know, uh, in in manufacturing, the three main problems are the, the inflation, so, so so the consciousness of your cash flow and and the impact of inflation exchange rates are on it. Uh, there is supply chain, and uh, there is this human factor. I really would like to 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 uh, listen 
and I think our audience would appreciate if you if you would tell us like uh, on the one hand you say okay there are numbers there's this analysis on the other hand you have you have people and and their lives and emotions how do you combine the two how do you respect this what you said about your team that like you had these people they could be themselves they could flourish they could they were accepted I'm not saying it's as a, saying tolerated but accepted as who they are. Now, how do you translate it to, 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 to this manufacturing problem? What are the main problems with people in manufacturing and how, how do you approach it? So, so these people are, um, yeah, I, I, empowered. I think that, um, I don't know, um, Marion, if, if the problems in manufacturing are different than the problems in the rest of the industries. However, I, I would, uh, uh, just recently, I, I made a post in LinkedIn mm -hmm. about this um, analysis that this company, Kearney, uh, made every year about the global trends mm -hmm. and uh, the threats in global trends. And one of them was climate change. And I will circle back to your question. Oh, sure. But, but, um, but uh, if, if, you, if you don't... Um, don't pay attention in this kind of situations like the climate change. If you don't pay attention in this kind of situations like uh, this, this, there is a there is a need for the people. Like I was mm -hmm. mentioning to you, uh, for equity and and this inclusion, this sense of belonging. If you if you don't have this succession planning, if you don't have this recognition for the top talented. Um, I think that um, most probably you won't be successful. Um, we need to remember, in my view, mm -hmm. the most difficult part that we are doing every day is to deal with people, right? And and dealing mm -hmm. maybe is not the is not the right uh, word, but um, interacting uh, interacting with people, right? Exactly, with them, yeah. right? Um, there is right now. The new, the new generation pay, pays a lot of attention in what you are doing for the environment. Mm -hmm. They pay a lot of attention on what you are doing for this succession planning and uh, the, the easiness that you provide to make business from their homes or from wherever they are located. If, if, uh, if you don't have this in mind, if you don't evolve with the industry, mm -hmm. then you, you most probably will be if not uh, going out of business soon, you will have a lot of issues maintaining your business. Mm -hmm. There is, um, if we added on top of this, the supply chain uh, uh, shortages that we have today, together mm -hmm. with inflation, that makes the burden for any company unsustainable. So it's it's interesting that uh, you know a, a lot a lot is being talked about about uh, psychological safety about uh, this kind of uh, uh, human centric management. Uh, there, uh, whereas uh, a lot of you know I, I don't want to start bashing Twitter and and and, and Elon Musk again, but you know this is this is one of the one of the examples where where it seems to have gone completely the other way at at at, at some point and uh, uh, but there is there there is obviously a, a lot of uh, focus in in current post covid era and with 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 the crisis 
at uh, you know how do we make our people comfortable so if you if you were to give some advice to 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 managers who are listening or hopefully will be listening to this episode about how to how to exactly get this human centric trend started in their companies what what how how would you advise them to do it i think that uh, first of all uh, we all need to pay attention to the environment youngsters uh, are more and more every day more concerned about the environment um, you need to have a sustainability committee to show that you care for not only for for what it is the law but beyond that right I I was reading the other day this interview with the CEO of Siemens, and 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 she was mentioning is is uh, is the time now to do not only what you are supposed to do, but you must do, but more than that. So people wants to mm-hmm. see what you can do more than what you are supposed to do. I don't know if you know, guys, but right now, out of the trillions of dollars that we have in the budget to uh, improve the environment, 90% of that is for remediation cases. Just 10% is just prevention. Johnsters want Mm. to turn the tables around. Right now, they want to see a company that can be dealing with uh, different type of materials, recycled materials. They want companies that they need to recycle the they, they have to recycle all the scrap that they are producing. That's what they want on one side. On the other side is the, the social aspect. What's in it for me? What is this uh, succession planning? If I am a talented person, how am I supposed to have a career with you? If, uh, if I have a career with you, how am I supposed to enjoy also life? Because my work is just part of my life, but it's not all of my life, right? If I had had this conversation with my dad, he would say, are you nuts? You need to work, 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 and work. Well, that changed during the last 50 years, right? That changed dramatically. So that's, that's, the mentality. Yeah, that's what yeah. I believe uh, we need to, at least in my case, when, in, in my meetings with the board of directors and, and other C-level employees, C-level leaders, that's what I promote, right? Just keep an eye and also the governance, you, you need to create these structures, right? Uh, I always give this example. I don't know, whatever is the sport that you like, soccer, football, basketball, hockey, whatever you like, just picture the best team in the world. And then when they hire this superstar, and then this superstar, the super player, plays with this team, they he trained, he or she trains with this team for two months. When you see this person playing with that team, you believe that that person has been playing with that team for the last 10 years. And the, the thing is that they have a structure. They have a system. That's what you want to create in manufacturing. You want to create a structure for production, for the social, for the environment. And a structure is a stronger that than any leader, because the structure is a, is a living document. Mm-hmm. And any leader that mm-hmm. you hire will adapt that structure and will improve the structure. Where if we are talking about succession planning, about top talented uh, people recognition, about um, lean manufacturing, six sigma, whatever you like, 
cash flow, uh, how to control the inventory, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You need to have, that's the ultimate goal in my mind, to create this structure that will become the company. We, and I, as a risk manager at heart, I would add to that, that it shouldn't be jumping on a bandwagon because, you know, I, I, I come from the financial industry and uh, greenwashing uh, is and, and was for some time now a, a big problem in, in, in financial industry. Uh, and I think in a lot of industries as well, mm -hmm. where various initiatives are started under the banner of environment and climate change. And when you dig, you know, you scratch behind the surface, it's, it has nothing to do with it. It's pure marketing, yeah. but it's just jumping on the, but it has to be really commitment to those values rather than just using that flag for the marketing purpose that, you know, is very, very shallow. I'm sorry, go ahead, Mario. No, no, please. You're the guest. I, I was just going to, to add um, that what you said, Arthur, is very important to me. And what, one of the recommendations that I'm always give to any CEO, any president, any director, as a leader, you have to be real because fake is easily detected, right? And um, how many times you guys have been seated in a room where you hear the leader speaking and, and you say, oh, no, that's BS. I don't believe that, right? <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know if I can say that. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's important that you can be realistic in your comments and your approach, but also realistic in your goals, right? Other than that, mm -hmm. you lost the, the attention. And well, respect. Well, one of the reasons why I don't have much, let's say, corporate career behind me is my inability to just listen to it and comment it to myself. Somehow it always slips my mouth. When I, when I hear, he, he hears someone just coming and talking. I, yes, I, talking, talking. Well, <laughs> I work for a really big, big corporation, and when the CEO came, and then what he said didn't agree with what he showed because he was speaking about the close cooperation between different aspects of the company, and then he just left. He just left people without, you know, letting them ask a single question. I went to his room and I told him what to think about it, and yeah. it wasn't well received. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Talking no, about I, ego. I, I... <laughs> Just a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I, um, I have to say that um, I have known a couple of those guys. I also have to say that I have known very smart people in, in board of directors. My chairman of my board is a very intelligent guy, very humble, uh, a businessman. I admire him very much. I have learned a lot by working with him. I, I think that... The most important part about being realistic is how you, in my view, how you care about realities, right? For instance, we are always, we are always um, talking about uh, this triangle. The, the fact that you need to take care of the investors, the clients, and the customers. Um, I think that one of the things that are keeping me awake at night is precisely that relationship with my employees, right? Because at the end of the day, you can have 2,000 families, you can have 10,000, 40,000, 150,000 families in your company. 
And those families are real. These families that they have children, they want to send their children to college. They celebrate the granddad's birthday. They want to have vacation and all that. You as a leader, one as a leader, we need to make sure as a CEO, as a president of a company, as a director, you need to make sure that those dreams are going to, to be there, that there mm -hmm. is company for, for the future, right? When you accept that responsibility, I think that your ego needs to go down. It's, uh, it's a matter of uh, caring for the people to, to have this human touch, right? And, and to care for really. And, and if you think about it, guys, if you, if you care for the employees and their families, indirectly, you are caring for the benefit of the investors and your customers. And that's, I think it was that is, Richard, mm -hmm. Richard Branson said, take care of your employees and they will take care of your business and you know, your, of your clients. Uh, I must say that I admire this, this attitude. It's, it's yeah. something that uh, it worked for me many times. It's uh, remembering that I cannot do everything myself. And if I want to delegate, I want to delegate to someone I can trust. And, you know, exactly. this trust, trust is earned. And, yeah. and uh, if, they, if, if they are supposed to care about my company, I need to care about them because otherwise, like, uh, we, we have this now flow of qu quiet quitting where people stop caring. People, people uh, and I'm not talking about just finishing at, at, at five because I oftentimes, Remind my, my my people that they should actually go away and not not, not bother me, you know, at the middle of the night with, with emails, and they should just, uh, get alive. But this quiet quitting is it's not about people just want to finish the the work; they just never want to start it. They they do it because they have to, and mm -hmm. this is something which is uh, I think yeah, lack of of, of leadership. I think. Uh, yeah. No, it's it's uh, de definitely definitely the, the 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 kind of the right sentiment and the the, the right attitude and uh, you know Marcelino, this is this is this is exactly you know the the sentiments that you express are are very much aligned mm -hmm. with what 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 we've always uh, tried to kind of impart on on our consultants and the way we've worked with our clients. So I uh, you know I would like to thank you very much for for expressing this in a very clear language because it's uh, it's it's important to to be able to not just kind of believe in it but also convey it to 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 to, to your your clients to the ceos to of the to the you know, chair, chairman uh, and and board members of this world uh, if people want to 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 find out more about your work on 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 uh, both companies i guess uh, the, the the websites will be linked in the in the description to the episode. Mm -hmm. Are there is there any uh, any kind of other materials that you would like to share with the audience or or links? Uh, not really. I think that um, my personal business uh, and uh, my uh, LinkedIn profile, I will be more than happy um, in answering all the requests and questions that they may have, comments. Um, usually, I'm, I'm very, um, I'm, I'm a very uh, 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 physical leader, right? Uh, uh, I like to show mm -hmm. presence. So, if uh, anybody ans uh, is, is asking me or sending me a, a, a message, I always answer. 
maybe three or four days after, but I'm always answering. It doesn't matter the, the level. It doesn't matter who this person can be. I think that um, I'm, very, uh, I'm very reachable and approachable in that way, right? So um, thank you very much. I, I will be giving you my information and, um, you know, um, happy to, to answer any questions and, and to comments. Thank you very much for, for the time you've given us and, and the, the wisdom you've shared with our audience. And uh, as always, we hope it was of use to someone. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about Marcelino's consulting services, check out Borderland Partners at borderland-partners.com. As usual, all links to the references will be available in the notes to this episode. Also, don't miss the next one, where we'll be talking about how to get actionable insights from data and turn outputs into practical outcomes. We'll be talking to Dr. Tom Ives, Senior Data Scientist at Echo Global Logistics. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform or visit bdr.show to find out more about future episodes and guests. You can also check out cognition.llc for more information on Cognition Shared Solutions, our services and other events hosted by us. For now, it's thank you from myself, your friendly neighborhood data guy, Dr. Marian Siwiak, and my co-host, Artur Buja. Thank you.